Gospel discomfort. Let me tell you now, asking God to grow his church is a danger to your comfort. We grow accustomed to the way things are. We build our friendships with people we like. We get into the groove, the way things are around here. We see familiar faces and we appreciate familiar norms and forms. But gospel growth threatens all of that. That means you're left with a choice. You can either have A, Jesus Church grow, or B, a church to suit your comfort. Yes, normally I know I, I warm you up before I hit you with the blunt things like that, but there's no beating around the bush with this. We can't serve ourselves and serve Jesus. There's nothing wrong with enjoying church, and in fact it should be that way. It's a refuge from the world with your brothers and sisters under Christ. Joy should abound. Yet what I'm speaking to here is the way that we can start to prefer the atmosphere and the people in the local church to such an extent that we are intentionally or otherwise cold towards those who would threaten this peace and familiarity. Many times I've heard stories about people who visited a church looking for Christian fellowship only to be ignored or held at arm's length. It has even been my own experience on occasion. Would you be pleased to find out that that was the way that people talk about your local body? We may protest with comments about how good the community, teaching, programs, morning tea is, etc. But if the seeker is brushed off at first attempt, it's no wonder they will not stick around to find the valuable beneath the exterior. Each person who comes through our door is putting up an emotional investment deposit. It's kind of like a down payment on a home. They front up a smaller amount in the hopes that they will get the whole package. But there is a risk that their emotional deposit will be lost and they'll walk away empty-handed. It's only the seasoned Christian who is quite comfortable to turn up to an unknown church with relatively little concern. For most people, it's a big deal. Especially if you're not sure you actually believe in Jesus or if you've never been to church before. These people are putting themselves in a vulnerable position where they're unsure of what to expect, what to do, how to act, etc. Will they be ignored or welcomed, received or rejected, humiliated or encouraged? Each person who visits your church is potentially a lost soul looking for Jesus. They may be the person who is planning to kill themselves next week, and this is their last-ditch effort to try something to salvage what's left of their life. Or they may be sheep who have no flock. Or they may have been abused by their last church, and they're afraid to be trapped again. But it shouldn't matter who they are or what their story is. If they walk through those doors, they should feel loved, even if they are our enemy. We love like Christ loves. Colossians chapter 1 verses 21 to 22 says, You who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, Jesus has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless before uh, a, a holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And in 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 to 11, it says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we're praying for God to save our town, to save our neighbors, to save our enemies, then we should expect them to come through those doors sooner or later. Are we ready to receive them? If the church is a hospital for dying sinners, then throw open the doors wide so that all the sinners may come for the cure. That means that we should expect the homeless and the homeowner, the old and the young, the gay and the straight, the dressed well or the barely dressed, the anorexic and the obese, the alcoholic and the dealer, the arrogant and the ashamed, the thief and the goody-goody two-shoes. All types and shapes and sizes are part of our town and we want each and every one of them to meet Jesus. Yes, there may be things about their life that need to change if they are to become obedient to Jesus, but we don't clean up to come to Jesus. We come to Jesus and he cleans us up. Heart first. Yes, Jesus is not contained to our weekly gatherings, but we sure should expect to find him there. That's why people may come looking. Things being done decently and in good order may mean that some awkward conversations need to be had. Yet I hope we can have a bunch of those awkward moments with a spirit of forgiveness and long-suffering because it means that the gospel is being heard and the Holy Spirit is at work. It may make church gatherings a little hard for you as you deal with people who are very different from you and in very early parts of their discipleship. They haven't got the years of spiritual maturity that you have. If I could put it this way, seeking growth in God's church is a sacrificial endeavor. You get to put aside your comfort to welcome others to Jesus Christ. This was hard for the New Testament church, and it will be hard for us. But our comfort is such a small thing to sacrifice for the sake of building in Christ's church. We may lose time chatting to our mates while we make a visitor feel welcome. We stand to lose the cozy feel of a small church, such as the ability to know every person at church. We'll have to explain to our kids why so-and-so looks the way they do. Yet for the joy of seeing salvation come to local lives, it is surely worth it. Welcome the stranger. Embrace the discomfort. Show them Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, it says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And in Matthew 25, verse 34 to 40, Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me.